Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Ah, good Tuesday. Welcome to the third hour. It is a public service announcement. The last, the last day, day of August. Isn't this the crazy? 31st. I know. Craig Melvin, Gosh, Chanel Jones, Dylan starts, Dryer. Fall starts. Yeah. Everything. Kids are heading back to school. Meteorological fall starts tomorrow. Just oh, saying. It, does it? Is that what I was going to ask September's you? the first. Yes. That, so meteorological fall, and then uh, what's the other one? Then you have your regular start of fall, which yeah. is at the end of September. That's the fall we're going to take. Yes. Right. We're but we're, take... the point yeah. is, it's the last day of August. So <laughs> yes, school has started. In fact, young Delano Melvin off for his first day of second grade. Today? Yeah. It was oh, so nice during commercial breaks yes. to see Craig FaceTiming with his little guy in the car on the yeah. way to school. Oh, my we're goodness. We're all multitasking so this he's, morning. He's ready. Parents, maybe not so much. Uh, we got a great show for you, by the way, on this Tuesday morning. Awesome. And we've got a new Cooking with Cal. Today we're making meatballs, but not just any meatballs. This is a treasured family recipe straight from Sicily. I'm excited to share our secrets with you with a little help from a special guest and a wicked Boston accent I'll throw in there, too. Oh. So I think I saw a hint on Instagram. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Get to all of that coming up in just a moment. But we begin today with Hurricane Ida, as more than a million people as we speak are waking up without power again this morning. Cleanup efforts just beginning to make a dent in the storm's devastating aftermath along the Gulf Coast. NBC's Sam Brock is in La Place, Louisiana, where the past 24 hours have seen hundreds of rescues by boat and high water vehicles. Good morning to you, Sam. I guess, first of all, once everyone got a look at the damage in the light yesterday, what did you see and how are the rescue efforts going? Uh, Chanel and Dylan, Craig, good morning. Look, right now, I just spoke with the Cajun Navy. They told me that the efforts are no longer ongoing in places like Laplace and Lafitte, where we saw all of those high-water vehicles going in just 24 hours ago. I also reached out to the Louisiana National Guard. Have not heard back yet on that, but we do know they rescued 282 people and 32 pets yesterday. Walk with me for a second. What you're looking at over my shoulder is definitely representative of what we see, not just on this street, but blocks all over Laplace, all along Highway 61, which is right near where we are. Power lines that are down, trees that are crushed. Certainly lots of homes have lost their roofs. This one managed to largely stay intact, but if you follow the camera here, you'll see that there was a trailer over here that was picked up by the winds and flipped into a home. This street, I'm told, had about two or three feet of water on it, but there are some guys that had six, seven, eight, ten feet. Many people that we even interviewed ended up going inside of attics into their bedrooms to try to avoid floodwaters until the next day. They were just hoping and praying they would make it to that point so the vehicles could come in and rescue them. And the Louisiana National Guard, you got to give it up to the volunteers as well for the Cajun Navy who went into the, the heart of the damage to help people who were so worried and carry them out by boat, by high water vehicle. And they were obviously very grateful. So plenty of stories of survival. But I will also add the death toll has risen. It is now a total of four people, two in Louisiana, two others in Mississippi after a highway there just washed out with the floodwaters from Ida, no doubt contributing to that erosion. Yeah. Guys, Those pictures really show it there. Unfortunately, it's the death toll that's expected to climb as well. Sam, you mentioned the Cajun Navy. Uh, the helpers are there. Um, and there are also apparently some hero nurses down there. This, this neonatal intensive care unit that you found. Tell us about them. 
This is an amazing story. You know, if you're a parent, obviously, and you're so worried about your newborn, Anyway, there were 39 Nest cameras in that NICU unit. Mm -hmm. uh, this is for Auctioner Health here in Louisiana. They were trained on the babies and watching them. The parents were not allowed to be inside because the hospital was in lockdown. But the nurses there, they stayed the entire night mm -hmm. to comfort the newborn, the new parents, I should say, and get them all the latest information. It's an incredible test of heroism. And it's also true that we saw for Children's Hospital in New Orleans as well, the physician in chief there talking about all these folks who brought their families and young kids to cities that were safe and outside of sort of the storm zone, then went back into lockdown for more than 24 hours and stayed there. They did not even see their own homes. Oh my goodness. Perhaps at this point still, they have not seen the damage to their homes. They're doing whatever they can to help those families. That is Louisiana strong and this community you know, really coming together, pitching together to get through this. That's so at least we can end with an uplifting note there, guys. I have to tell you, Sam, that's an angle I didn't even think about. Those babies right? in the NICU and yeah. those nurses standing by. They need to by. still be cared for 24-7. Right, Sam in Laplace, Louisiana. Sam, thank you. Meantime, Al is in New Orleans still with more on where the storm is headed. It's been leaving really just a trail of flooding and destruction on its path northward. Al, Ida, no longer a hurricane, of course, but we're waiting for the rain here in the northeast, and it's moving through the Tennessee River Valley as we speak. What, what's next? That's right. Well, we're, we're right here. The good news is uh, the weather's uh, holding up. We had some thunderstorms this morning. Those have cleared out. The problem is heat and humidity is going to be building. There's no power. And so uh, a, a real issue, uh, mold. People are worried about that. We've seen uh, a number. Of, in fact, we've got right over here one of these dehumidifiers. It's a, it's a, it's a actual dehumidifier that they're going to start using at this hotel just to try to dry things out because it's so rough in there right now. Let's take a look, show you what's happening as far as the latest with Ida is concerned. Ida right now is still a tropical depression and it is making its way into the Tennessee River Valley, 190 miles south-southwest of Nashville, 30-mile-per-hour winds moving northeast at 12, so it is picking up a little forward speed. It's going to merge with the front. That's going to combine moisture and it's going to make for terrific torrential rain, rainfall rates two to three inches per hour starting tonight into tomorrow into the mid-Atlantic. Urban highway and river flooding likely. Thursday, heavy rain for the morning rush in New York and the Northeast into New England, and then it finally moves offshore. But we've got right now 71 million people under flash flood threats and warnings stretching from the Gulf all the way into New England, and this rain is going to be really torrential at times. So we're talking about rainfall amounts, especially as you get up into the Northeast in New England, we're talking some places picking up to eight inches of rain before it's all over. Some places like New York City could get a month's worth of rain in one day. So we are going to be watching that very, very closely. As you can imagine, with power out and with all sorts of issues, food insecurity becomes a big problem. Well, one of the people we know who has been dealing with that on a regular basis has been our friend Chef Jose Andres. And uh, you run the World Central Kitchens with a terrific staff. You just got back from Haiti and, and you're here now. How are you doing and how are the, what are people looking for when, when they come into the kitchens? Well, we always try to move into the city, the region, before the hurricane hits. So we already had close to 20 people at World Central Kitchen, besides all the amazing volunteers on New Orleans that we've been working with them through this entire uh, pandemic. So for us, is two things. Make sure that we have kitchens with generators, and more important, that we have refrigerators full of food. That's why 
hours after the hurricane leave, we are able to start cooking and more important, start looking for the communities and the people that need our help with food. How do you find the food? I mean, I understand you, you, you were able to scrounge up like 20,000 pieces of fruit before things had even starts finished up here. And even more, we have hundreds of thousands. Fruit is not going to be an issue for us for the next week. Why? Because you look for the local businesses. You look for the people that they're already waiting for you. What happened? You cannot call them. You cannot order online. You have to go to them. So the first thing I did with some of my team members was looking for those companies. Mm -hmm. We found them, and we began bringing in tens of thousands of uh, bananas and apples cheese uh, and ham. Local bread. chefs helping out too, right? Many local chefs. I mean, the chefs of New Orleans, the chefs of Louisiana, the chefs of America, the chefs of the world. They are always there for their communities. So many chefs, what they do when their refrigerator goes out, their freezer, they know they they share. They began coming to our main kitchen uh, here in a place called uh, Noki, amazing, and began giving us the big loads of things they had in the mm -hmm. freezer. So we are plenty ready with food. And you're not just uh, doing it here in New Orleans, you're doing it in other places in Louisiana. Well, we, we already have uh, kitchens ready to go if necessary, like Baron Rouge. We always try to do not only one city, but the entire area. Yesterday, I spent the rest of my day driving all the way to Huma. I went all the way to Petit Cayou, where we began feeding the local police, the local firemen. There was, we found, was a shelter that nobody told us about. Mm -hmm. was around 100 people inside. That's what we began doing going into the communities all the way one, two hours from our centralized kitchen until we can put a kitchen maybe in those areas closer to them, even bringing food trucks that give us the possibility to be feeding the communities right there. That's what we do, searching for the people. We saw it in, in Puerto Rico. Day one, day two, people still have some food. Day three, when the businesses are not open, the restaurants are not open, the supermarkets are not open, people have no money because ATMs don't work, people don't have a car with gas to search for the food, it's very important that we cover those people in hotels, in hotels, with no light, with no food, those communities far away, maybe police, maybe firefighters, that they are working on the stop and they need a plate of food. This is the types of things we try to do. More NGOs that do food are going to be coming in the next days and they're going to be joining us, but we always love to be at the very beginning so we can have a very quick reaction. Food cannot wait. Right. People must eat today. Hunger, not hunger next doesn't week, wait. Not next month. Right. That's why we love to be next to the people from the first second. If people want to help, how do they do it? Um, listen, there's many organizations local that they can be supporting, but World Central Kitchen, we always feel we are local because we are with locals. So go to worldcentralkitchen.org and there you're going to see plenty of ways to be happy for Louisiana or the many other actions we have mm -hmm. in other parts of America and around the world. Chef Jose Andres, thanks for taking the time. We really appreciate you doing God's work. I need to go to cook at the Today Show very quickly yes. with all of you people. We want you back. You. I when, miss you. When you get the work done, you come yeah. on in. Absolutely. You're supposed to tell me and I miss you too. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you too. Aww. Guys, he's, he's going to come cook for us. Good. Great. He's such a good guy. I remember I right. stories about him Open during invitation. COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, Al, stay safe out there, buddy. Thank you. Thank you as always. All right. Thanks, guys. And a big they, thanks. Also, I want to thank my crew. They have been fantastic. Absolutely. Been yes. Fantastic here. Our producers, Aaron and Shamin, our crew of, of, of Christina and Mike, who's running the camera. They have been, and our, our weather team back in New York so has been spectacular. Mm -hmm. Yes. So blessings blessings oh. to them. Thanks. Jamel so is behind the camera. Okay, guys. <laughs>
Tell Jamel hello. Yes, Mr. Jamel. Mr. Jamel. Hold on. You can tell him yourself. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. All sorts there of things. Oh, there and there's is. my crew right there. There, there they are. are. Of course, right, I love there it. There you go. Uh, Give the crew some love. Uh, <laughs> Al just violated about 16 different duty rules. <laughs> I think it's about 42 different rules, actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank That's you, Al. That's what I do. Yes, that is Bust what you rules, do. No one does it better. Still standing. When we come back, we're going to take a turn here and then turn to our series, Kids Under Pressure. And we're going to give you a rare look inside the racial and cultural fight that's dividing one Texas town as kids, kids speak out about how it's all affecting them. We'll be right back. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed this week nbc news is launching a new a new original podcast series it's called south lake and it's offering a rare look inside a racial and cultural fight that has really divided a Texas suburb. Yeah, this is getting a lot of buzz. NBC's Antonia Hilton traveled to South Lake, Texas. This is part of NBC's week-long series. It's called Kids Under Pressure. To see how the community's struggle to confront racism is affecting kids. Hi, guys. Yes, South Lake, Texas was one of the first communities in the U.S. to begin this fight over critical race theory. It's a decades-old study of the legacy of racism that has not been taught in their school system, but has become the center of controversy. And as parents fight over these cultural issues, the kids are feeling the consequences. Take a look. I think I would have a lot more of a civil conversation with a peer of mine than one of their parents. It feels like the school board and the administrators aren't really listening to us. As kids head back to school, communities are clashing over lessons about race and history, or what some parents have called critical race theory. It's a decades-old academic study of systemic racism that has been turned into a catch-all phrase for conversations about race that some parents believe are unfair to white students. It's too ambiguous and too subjective. How dare you teach my child about cultural competence? Do not force my kids to see themselves as people of color. I will not allow that. In South Lake, Texas, an elite and mostly white suburb just outside of Dallas, the Carroll Independent School District was one of the first communities in conflict. 
I think a lot of the discourse has become very political. So if you support one thing, you're this side. If you support another thing, you're this side. The fight began here in 2018 after a video of South Lake students chanting the N-word went viral. In Carroll ISD made a video homecoming weekend. And in 2020, a community council proposed a diversity plan, which was halted by a group of conservative parents. Racism in reverse is racism. I sat down with Carroll District students on the first day of school, all of whom had hoped a diversity plan would already be in place. Why has there been so much resistance to a diversity and inclusion plan here? I think that it definitely connects to like the phrase preserve the tradition and like that South Lake motto because South Lake is very much set in its ways. What is Carol like for you? My friend and I had a list of those people that we are trying to avoid. It's really scary, especially for people that might be like in a minority per se, like whether it be LGBTQ community, any like um, ethnic diversity. It hit home for Nikki Olaleye, one of 18 black students who just graduated in a class of 700. My heart really goes out to those students. I understand how it feels to believe that you don't have a place in a place where you want to belong. We've spoken to 45 people opposed to the diversity and inclusion plan here in South Lake. A few parents have spoken to me briefly, but the vast majority won't speak to us about this at all. Carroll Superintendent Dr. Lane Ledbetter is caught in the middle. Parents expect him to bring unity to South Lake, but a judge placed a restraining order, barring any work on the proposed diversity plan. Are your hands tied? How do you solve an issue that's about a plan that you can't talk about? I don't know that my hands are tied. My priority is focused on the, the safety of our students. The whole country is looking at South Lake right now. What's your message? That there is common ground, that we can bring this community together. We love our kids. We love this community, and we value the education that our kids are receiving. But without a plan in place, some students may not feel that value. So do you see a path forward? It's going to take a long time. I, I'm sure it can happen, but I can't see my future here. As for Nikki, her advice for Carol's current class? I would say keep your head held high. Your worth is not equivalent to how people treat you, how they look at you, or how they feel about you. Students are back in the classroom, but the fight continues in South Lake. Already there have been meetings where conversations about everything from diversity to COVID protocols have gotten heated. So many communities are struggling to come together at the start of the school year, and it's school leaders like Dr. Ledbetter who are now expected to bridge these divides and set a better tone for the town. And at the end of the day, as our reporting shows, all of this ultimately impacts the kids. So the podcast is, is called South Lake. You talk about these cultural divides, but what, what else will we learn? Well, really what this podcast aims to do is answer this question of how did we all get here as a country? We're seeing these fights rage on in every corner from Texas to Missouri to uh, Rhode Island. And we are trying to use this local community fight to make sense of all of this. And I think that everyone is going to get something out of this podcast. Because if you're a kid living in a community where maybe you feel isolated, yeah. like many of your classmates don't look like you, or maybe you're dealing with challenges around bullying, yeah. this is a podcast that grapples with all of that. And our hope is that it inspires people to take this conversation beyond the kind of nasty place that it has gotten yeah. to a much more productive place and that people feel seen when they hear these students' stories. Not so just to hear focusing on problems, yeah. but solutions. And it's great right. to hear from the kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
That's good. Thank Tony, you. Thank you. And by the way, welcome. Welcome. welcome to the yeah. party. Yeah. The first time yeah. on the So lovely show. to be here. Thank you. Do come back. And yeah. by the way, the first two episodes of South Lake, the new six-part original podcast series from NBC News, available now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Coming up next, the sanitation worker who's turning trash into art. Wait until you see the collection he's put together that's making people see garbage in a whole new light. And later, fun science experiments for back-to-school season and kids of all ages. We're going to show you how to do it at home, believe it or not. We're back in just 60 seconds. This morning in our Collector's Series, we are introducing you to a retired sanitation worker who found a passion through his job. And he says we can all learn something from the unusual collection he's put together. NBC News Now, Joe Anker. Uh, Joe, Joe Anker. Joe Anker. NBC News Now. <laughs> That's Anchor. It's fine. Joe, Joe Fryer, you Joe like Anchor. that? Let's go Joe Anker. Right, like you know what? Joe Anker it is. <laughs> Joe Anker. Joe Anker's here. All right, I'm here to talk about Nelson Molina. He calls it one of the greatest jobs in the world. Not an anchor. For 34 years, he was a New York City sanitation worker, which meant he literally collected your trash. Some of it he kept and curated, creating something you've got to see to believe. It's hard to find the words to describe what's on the second floor of this sanitation department garage. As soon as they come into the building, I see the expression on their face like, wow. Wow is certainly one word that characterizes all the stuff Nelson Molina has compiled from nostalgic toys. There's RoboCop. RoboCop, and you got Wonder Woman over there. You got the Fighting Pominole, Spider-Man. To musical memories. It's like a walk through history here. You get the 8-track, you get the 45s, you got Sets. the sets. A word you likely would not use for all these wistful whatnots is garbage. Yet all of this was once just that. Refuse, Nelson could not refuse. What do you call this? I call this changes in the trash. It's a museum of sorts filled with things once sentenced to garbage bags on street curbs, only to be exonerated by a sanitation worker with a peculiar gift for finding cool stuff. I got these sensors. I developed these sensors that I know there's something inside the bag. My coworker said, how do you know that? I said, I just listen to it. I listen to the, the music that this bag gives me. Nelson started developing that sixth sense when he was just nine. I would go out uh, like uh, two weeks before Christmas. So I know everybody's throwing all the old toys out. Even if the toys were broken, I would take them home and try to fix them up in the house. To his siblings, he was Santa. I had a passion for it. You know, my mother always told me, never throw anything out if somebody else can use it. So I just went from there and it turned into what you see now. <laughs> During his 34-year career, Nelson salvaged some 50,000 items, knickknacks spared from the landfill and brought to this 20,000 square foot space. The way you've organized it, it really is a museum, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, to me it is, yes, exactly. That's what I wanted to be. That's my dream. <laughs> Technically, it's not a museum yet, but Maggie Lee with the Sanitation Foundation hopes to find space for Nelson's collection so the public can see it perhaps rethink not just what they waste, but who they give their waste to. Sanitation work can be very invisible, can be underappreciated, but it's very, very, you know, grueling work, it's hard work, it's very dangerous work. Um, and I want people to be more appreciative of the men and women who do that for us. Like Nelson. Yes. And Nelson's oh, son. Followed in dad's footsteps, working for the sanitation department. Here in the museum, you'll also find an item that reminds Nelson of his dad. You can feel how heavy it is. 
a Star of David made of metal from the World Trade Center. Nelson sees it, he thinks of the days after 9-11 when he was working at the collapse site, but suddenly had to leave because his father was rushed to the hospital. My father was in critical condition. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so three days later, he passes away. Memories of his dad quickly come flooding back. Excuse me for my tears, but it's okay. every time I talk about that story, I get like this. That one item found in the trash just proves Nelson's point. One doesn't need a map to find treasure. It's all around us, even where you least expect. Nelson is now 68 years old. He's been retired for a few years. These days, spends more time with his grandkids, less time curating the museum. But the hope is that public tours for treasures in the trash will start again in a couple months and that the sanitation museum, an actual museum, becomes a reality in the coming years. Wow. I love that's a cool idea. I love that he gets a feeling, you know, before he opens a bag. You know, he just knows which ones he have the He knows the, the sound between, like, a beer bottle and a vase. He wow. Can tell and he you knows. asked a good question during the story there, this, this idea that... Are you allowed to take he's, people's trash? He's not taking it for himself, so okay. yeah, you're not. So it's, it's part of this broader thing he's put together. Okay. So and if I put it outside, I mean, that's so a yeah. fascinating story. Yeah, Jeff. so good. Okay. Joe Anker. Joe Anker is here. Formerly known as Joe Fryer. Thank you. Uh, when we come back, folks, science class doesn't get any cooler than these experiments we're about to show you. Kids will love them, maybe even parents as well. Even better. And later, meatballs are on the menu on a new Cooking with Cal. It's a cherished recipe from our family that I can't wait to share with you. We'll be right back. All right, most parents know a new school year means finding new ways to keep kids engaged. So fun science experiments always seem to do the trick. And this morning, Mr. Science himself is with us, STEM certified educator Jason Lindsay. Ah, he's back with some very cool experiments that are easy. You guys can do this at home, okay? You can do it at home. But remember, kids, you have to try this with an adult in the room. You can't do it by yourself. Jason, <laughs> good morning to you. Good morning, Craig, Chanel, Dylan. How are you, friends? You keep us safe. Great. We cannot Great. complain. So, Jason, first things first, you have been dubbed Mr. Science. Pretty cool name. Where did it come from? You know, I was in Honduras doing science with the kids, and the kids would call me Senor Ciencia, which means Mr. Science. I would go into their communities and do some mind-blowing science, and that's kind of right. where I got the name Mr. Science, Senor Ciencia. All right, let's, let's get right to the fun here. So we've got a bottle. We've got some water and a ping pong ball. Jason, what do we do with these and what's the science behind it? You know, Chanel and Dylan, you're going to turn this upside down above Craig's head, right? Oh, I yeah. love it. No, you're not. That's a really oh, okay. great idea. I don't know about that. <laughs> you should have a bottle that is filled full of water. Now, the key here is, is to make sure this is a very strong and tough bottle. Okay. Next, what you're going to do, guys, is you're going to overfill this bottle of water so that it runs out. So go ahead and do that for me. Okay. And then... After you do that, good job. Yes, you've got that water overflowing. Okay. You're going to take the ping pong ball and slam it on top so that the water splashes out. Move the ping pong ball around. Good job. Awesome. Next, you're going to take <laughs> the ping pong ball, the bottle, and the water and slowly turn it upside down. This is tempting, you're gonna, Craig. Dylan, Don't you're going to really do this above Craig's head. Don't I do really it. want to. You gave oh, me a what? good idea. And you'll notice, look at that, good Yay, gravy. Look, yes. Wait, why is Dylan's working? She's the meteorologist. Awesome. I'm, I'm assuming there's some water <laughs> tension there, right? She's the meteorologist. You're exactly right. 
What's Don't happening here is you have some surface tension. The water molecules are holding hands, and there's air everywhere, and it's pushing just as hard as the water is pushing is down, so and cool. gravity is pulling down. That's Good awesome. Good job. Awesome. That's great. I love that the meteorologist That's is the only one who got that right. But okay. <laughs> well, I know a thing or two about water. All right, what's um, that? Okay, now, now you're talking about bubbles, but these will be able to bounce on our hand? You're exactly right. Go ahead and put that glove on while I explain just a little bit. Basically, the oil and the dirt on our hands destroy bubbles. So that glove will act as a protectant and keep the bubble safe. A bubble consists of mainly three layers. You have a soapy layer, and then you have a water layer, then a soapy layer. Once the water layer evaporates, then what will happen is the bubble will pop. Take your pipette and dip it into the bubble solution, and okay. then you're going to blow a bubble on your hand. Okay. Once that bubble, do you see this? <laughs> and then you're going to attempt to bounce it on your hand, just like do the uh, do the the fat end oh. in the actual bubble solution, guys. The oh. fat end oh, the to the bubble end. solution. No wonder. I'm sorry. Okay. And then what you're going to do is use that smaller what? end, and you're going to blow a bubble. <laughs> there Wait, you go, you Craig. Good job. Purse? You got it. Now take that that wind. On the plaza, it can sometimes Shit. blow those bubbles away. Wait, do you but suck look up at the this. Liquid? Yeah, I'm able to bounce it right in my hand. Do not suck up the liquid. Wow. Do not drink the liquid. That's going to be bad for you. Isn't that cool? Did you guys Mine figure it out? Popping. It's too windy out here, I think. <laughs> it is. Oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, no, you didn't. I did. Uh oh, you oh, got wait. it? Chanel? Oh, I held it for I a had second. It. It's the wind. Okay, wait, you have no, to do okay. one more well, without it. Let me try it. to learn how to do bubbles. You've got one that we're not allowed to try because you're putting, what, soap in a microwave? Oh, yes. Yeah, don't do this one at home. Okay. I have a microwave behind me. I'm going to go ahead and start the microwave up. Here's the deal. I have something called ivory soap. It's one of the only soaps that floats because it's crammed full of air. The microwave will heat the air molecules inside out. Okay. Those air molecules start to bounce around everywhere. And then you're not going to believe what happens to the soap. Now, again, kids, don't eat or drink your science experiment. Have an adult around. Wear the appropriate safety gear. Oh, my goodness. You're not going to believe what's happening in my microwave as the air on the inside of that soap gets excited. Are you ready to see this, guys? Yeah. yeah. This is okay, the I'm going to open it up just like this. And look what happens. It starts to expand. It oh, starts fun. to puff up. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that pretty cool? It looks like, By yes, the way, from my poor space. kids still take a bath. You can still take a bath with this. It encourages oh, them to take a bath. Fun. I love this, Jason. Jason's got to come here next I time. know. You have to come and then go to my kids' class. They would love that, too. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Jason. High five for science. Thank so, you, Mr. Science. Oh, I had it. Thank, thank you. We just thank turned you, this Mr. into Mr. Science as well. Thank you. We're just blowing bubbles <laughs> at this point. Jason, Jason, thank, thank you. you so much. All right, coming up next, Dylan is cooking with Cal and her mother-in-law making a family recipe for the lightest, fluffiest meatballs. Do they taste good too? They're delicious. That's yes. most important. We'll be right back. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.
edition of Cooking with Cal, and my little chef and I are making a cherished family recipe straight from Sicily with help from another special guest. It's a special edition of Cooking with Cal. What are we making today? Meatballs. Meatballs. And so we have enlisted the help of my mother-in-law, your Nana, right? And where did this recipe come from? Well, this was Brian's great-grandmother's uh, recipe. She brought it over from Sicily with her. So Brian's great-nana means this is your great-great-nana's recipe. So we've got ground veal, ground pork. beef, and ground pork. The secret, I think, is the eggs, right? That's right, it that's at the, at the end. After everything's done, then you put the beaten eggs on top of it and it keeps it all together. So, where do we start? What do we do? Okay, so we're gonna season the meat because it's very blah without it. So lots of lots of salt, okay. lots of pepper. You wanna do salt or pepper? Lots of pepper, you huh? do salt? Okay. I'm gonna make this so salt. <laughs> and you're gonna do garlic powder and uh, onion powder. Okay. That seems like a lot. So now we put breadcrumbs in a bowl. And, and then just add milk. milk. Yep. Calvin, I have something special for you. <gasps> Onion goggles! Maybe you won't cry this time. Put your hand on the top. Ready for parsley? because that's what gives it the fluffiness and the... Okay. okay. It keeps it together. Okay. Yes! Yes! Four. Here. You did five eggs with no shells! Good job! Yeah, good job. So you're just gonna oil your pan, put the meatballs in, and bake them in the oven at 375. I'm not doing all this by myself. This isn't cooking with mommy. This, this is cooking, cooking with me. Cal. Today.com/slash/food. I love it, and as you can see from our happy I know, plates, we've been, 
You've just been snacking and watching. It's good if you make the whole big batch. It sounds like a big recipe, but then you freeze them, you serve them to the whole family. They're so good. They're so easy to eat. I'm so glad you like them. Thanks, guys. Yum. All right. Be right back. Before we go, we are looking to answer your latest kitchen conundrums, and this time it's all about eggs. So head to Third Hour Today Instagram or Twitter pages, and we are going to take a crack at answering your questions How on air. Questions. By the way, don't forget to download the Today Podcast. You can catch up on the headlines whenever you want. Coming up tomorrow on the Third Hour, what to read in September from best-selling author Harlan Coben. And coming up next on Hoda and Jenna, clever ideas and products to free up space in your garage. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want. And when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated. All right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.